two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crosshow with me as always. Chase, how you feeling today? I'm feeling not too shabby, you know, just kind of hanging in, got got a haircut, so I'm looking all right, uh, but, you know, there, there's some stuff that happened today that we'll talk about. Other than that, I guess I'm doing all right. How are you? Quite some handsome gentleman on this show. Uh, I'm doing great. I just got back to school, was at home for a little bit uh, just over the weekend, got back, got some Chick-fil-A, of course, and... Uh, I got a lot more to do today with school, but uh, we're going to get through this. We're going to have an exciting show. And Chase, you mentioned that there was a little bit we got to talk about later. Uh, This episode, I didn't expect much out of it, but today, a lot of news has come out. Yeah, you know, there's 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 been a lot of stuff for us to talk about. Um, You know, it's like some of it's specific to, you know, to the league. Some of it's specific to stuff outside of the league. Um, You know, we've definitely... When we were talking about this episode a couple days, we were like, yeah, you know, we're going to have to kind of figure out what to do because, uh, you know, kind of short time between recording because uh, now we're doing it on Tuesdays between our class schedules and work schedules and stuff. So there wasn't a whole lot that happened. But then all of a sudden, yeah, it just, you know, kind of came like a wrecking ball. Yeah, absolutely. And some uh, not so nice news later on in the episode. But before we get there, we want to talk about Champa Bay. Yes, Uh, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won the Super Bowl, uh, you now have the reigning Super Bowl champs and the reigning Stanley Cup champs in Tampa Bay. Uh, it's, it's, It's big news, especially for a show like ours. You know, we cover the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They win the Super Bowl. In a dominant fashion, I didn't see it coming, but it was uh, it was an interesting game to watch. I'll say that. Yeah, it was it, it was definitely something. You know, great great for the box, great for the city of Tampa. It's awesome. Um, start, start like sticking on that real quick. I saw a spreadsheet on Twitter. Um, it was Tom Brady, all these cities that he's gone to, uh, or like that he's lived in. I should say really. Like living in wherever he was from in California, whatever the, the local um, teams were around there, they won championships. Then when he went to U of M, the Red Wings, they won uh, Stanley Cups, and then Michigan won national championship. 
And then he went to Boston, and the Patriots won all their Super Bowls, and the Bruins won their Stanley Cup championships, the Red Sox won, Celtics won, I, and then now he's down in Tampa, and the Lightning win, the Rays go to the finals, and now the Bucks win. So this winning just follows uh, Tom Brady everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, it is really weird. I, I saw a couple of things like that uh, before the Super Bowl was determined. Um, it said, you know, is, does Tom Brady just brain winning everywhere? Is it only because of Tom Brady? And I was like, this is stupid. But when you look at the history, it kind of feels that way. Uh, but Chase, let's talk about our plans or not our plans, but what we did during the Super Bowl. Uh, we did end up going to Imagine Theaters and we showed up a little bit early because we figured, you know, there'd be a lot of people there. Not really the case. Not, not the case at all. I mean, we showed up with a group of four and there were six people total in the theater. It was us four and then uh, two other people that were sitting, you know, a couple rows in front of us. So it was really just kind of us to, to do our thing. Uh, got to watch the game, got to get pissed that I was just, you know, losing oogles of money because uh, the s- stupid ass Chiefs just can't compete for whatever reason. Um, you know, it just it, it was a very a- angering game. You know, I was I wasn't able to get my full frustrations out because just, you know, because I'm in public. I don't want to, you know, punch a hole in a wall or something inside a movie theater. That wouldn't be great. Um, but it was a, it was a really cool experience. Uh, you know, they imagine they have the full kitchen, the full bar. So, you know, we were able to get our food and drinks as we please. It was a fun time. Yeah, for sure. And that's a question that I want to pose to the listeners. Um, do wh- whoever's listening, do you bet on big games that you're excited for? Do you bet on games that you actually hope that are, you know, really good and you want to invest everything into it? Because Chase, he did bet on the games me, I stayed away from that because no matter if the team, no matter if it's a great game, I should say, if the team you bet on is losing, you're always going to be more negative, at least in my, in my opinion and in my experience. So that's something I wanted to post to the other, you know, the fans listening. Uh, so maybe we'll make that a poll question, but yeah, do you bet on games that you have an invested interest in? I guess we'll do that for the poll question. But Chase, talk a little bit about, you know, why you're okay with betting on games. Whereas, you know, me, I if if I'm betting, it's going to be on a game I have absolutely no care in the world for. It's going to be a game that, you know, I'm just trying to make some money on. And other than that, I don't care. See, if I bet on a game that I don't care about, odds are I'm not going to know enough to safely bet on it. And, you know, I thought I knew enough on this game. Um, I, I knew the Chiefs were going to struggle a little bit with their offensive line kind of in shambles, but I did not think that Patrick Mahomes was going to be the most pressured quarterback in Super Bowl history. Like It, it was insanity how bad it was. So if, if, if it was even half those pressures, the game would have been a lot different. My bets would have been a lot different. It would have been just fine and dandy. So it just adds another aspect to the game. You know, I, I like uh, the teams that I, that I really think are going to win supporting them. You know, it, it just when you support them, like not, it's not really supporting them, I guess, but you know, when you kind of back them uh, by placing a bet on them, it just adds a little extra factor. It makes the highs even higher, makes the lows even lower. It's just a wider range of emotions. And, you know, I'm a guy who who likes to feel emotions. So I, I like having this, the super highs and, you know, even though lows aren't always fun to have, uh, it, it's good to have those lows in life. It kind of checks you. So it just kind of, you know, in, inflates the emotions in each way. It's kind of really why I like it. Gotcha. Very interesting. So we will put that poll up when this episode drops so you guys can go vote in that. Do you bet on games that you have an invested interest in? Um, but Chase, overall, uh, really nice game by the Bucks. They 
just destroyed Patrick Mahomes. And it just seemed like Patrick Mahomes' amazing weapons, and that was one of the big storylines coming into this game, the weapons for the Kansas City offense are so amazing. And it even overshadowed the amazing weapons on the box, like Mike Evans, like Chris Godwin, like Antonio Brown, and their trio of tight ends that they have. Um, it even overshadowed that, but the Kansas City weapons didn't show up at all. I, I would assume there was more drops than there were actual receptions. Yeah, I mean, the only, like, relevant player on that offense other than like Mahomes, of course, uh, in that game was Travis Kelsey. And he even had a couple drops himself. Uh, you know, Tyreek couldn't get anything done in the, the running game. They had a lot of struggles. It, it just, nothing really went right for the chiefs where everything went right for the bucks. You know, you know, Todd Bowles implemented a great game plan, uh, that, that defense that, that the bucks employed was just phenomenal in stopping Patrick Mahomes. Cause like, I mean, and even you saw like some of the throws that he was making as he's running around in the, in the backfield, like it just, insanity and you know almost catches or you know um like like that one that was to the corner of the end zone. I don't know who I don't remember who the hell he threw it to but you know just like falling down into the corner of the end zone it was like as about as close to close to a catch as you're really ever gonna see until the receiver dropped it like it just in, insanity so Mahomes is making these plays the receivers just didn't give him any help at all he gotta feel bad for the dude because like what else can he do yeah, absolutely. And Chase, I kind of wanted to talk about the overall game, kind of the feelings you had around the Super Bowl. So I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I know, unfortunate. Uh, Chase, he's a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, this wasn't a game that we were, you know, super polling for one team or the other. Obviously, we're happy for Tampa Bay because we do a Tampa Bay podcast. And I mean, how great is it to have a city that can take home two championships in the same year? That's just stuff of legend. So that was awesome. But Going into the game, you know, there wasn't a huge vested interest. There wasn't uh, one way or the other where we would be super upset or super happy. So, Chase, as an overall stance on the Super Bowl, where do you feel it ranks? I know a lot of people say it's one of the worst. I don't know if I'd go that far. And then I hear some people that say they really liked it. So where do you put it? I'd probably put it in bottom half of what I've watched, probably bottom half all time too. Um, it wasn't like it's closer to the middle than it is to the bottom. It wasn't like a super bad game. It wasn't super entertaining because I, I really wanted to see Mahomes just go off. He's probably the most entertaining guy to watch in football with what he can do. And he, he did everything he could, but can get that support. So it wasn't a bad game because like everybody was playing bad, kind of like that uh, Rams Patriots game. Whereas, you know, this one, like, the Chiefs, they struggled, but the Bucks, like, they played phenomenally. They did everything right on offense. They did everything right on defense. It was just, it was enjoyable to watch the Bucks like, do what they did. So if you're saying it's, like, one of the worst games ever, then you're just wrong. Sorry. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I put out a tweet on my Twitter after the game, or maybe it was the day after, uh, and I just basically said, you know, it's. I thought it was an average Super Bowl. It's going to be one that in a decade from now, I'll look back and know what the Super Bowl was, who won the Super Bowl, but there's not really any big memorable moments. It wasn't a game that came down to the wire that was super exciting. I thought it was an average Super Bowl. People saying that, you know, it was one of the worst, like, do you not remember the Patriots Rams game? Cause that thing was terrible. Uh, but you know, it was a, it was a fun game because there was some jabbing going back and forth between the teams. You had the Antoine Winfield peace sign to uh, Tyreek Hill. I thought that was really funny. Uh, and then Mahomes, there were so many plays where he just did the unimaginable 
And unfortunately, the receivers dropped the ball every single time that, you know, he did that. So uh, there were some highlight moments, but not enough for me to remember it. I would put it as an average Super Bowl. I'm sure all of our Tampa Bay listeners are like, what are you talking about? It was one of the best Super Bowls of all time. But of course, you got to take into account that's your favorite team blowing out the at the time, the reigning Super Bowl champs. So uh, I, I'm sure it was a great Super Bowl for all of you Tampa fans, and I'm so happy for you. Obviously, it's been a while uh, since the early 2000s, since you've seen the Bucks lift the Lombardi. So, you know, cheers to you. But uh, overall, just an average Super Bowl in both Chase and my mind. Uh, but the nice thing, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have the pieces to run it back. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it looks like they got some free agents, but Mike Evans came out and said he's willing to adjust his contract to bring back other people. So uh, great news for the Tampa Bay area, as you could see two teams try to go back to back. Yeah, I mean, we could create a kind of citywide powerhouse, especially, you know, if if the Rays go on and have another great season. Like, oh boy, we we could... We could really, uh, you know, see a true just dominant force in Tampa, which I mean, really would be fantastic for us uh, as a Tampa Bay Lightning podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And they're already calling it Champa Bay. If that happens, I mean, I think it'll just be solidified in a lot more people's minds. But Chase, we're going to get on to some hockey news now. Uh, but first, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, after the commercial break, we got some big news to talk about. And now. The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities just a complete breakdown blues first round pick jake neighbors brain chan texted me and then uh the head coach craig brube reached out as well and um, ryan o'reilly as well and then um, the next day on day two of the draft uh tarasenko facetimed me so uh that was pretty cool so. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the hockey podcast network to have a hawaiian hockey correspondent the Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your ear, never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in. 
So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. All right, and we are back. Uh, big news. I, I guess we'll start with um, kind of breaking news in the East Division. The Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously, we talked about GMJR. He stepped down. He retired from being the general manager there. Well, they hired two names, one to be the GM, one to be the president of Hockey Ops. Uh, you got Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Chase, first thoughts on these two hires? You know, I... As a lot of people, I think they know I'm, I'm a big like hobby, hockey operations, hockey management guy. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily someone who's like directly like you know fully vested into the media world. I'm someone who wants to get into the management side, but love doing this media stuff as well. Um, you know, Brian Burke, he's someone who like, he's really been the main guy I want to talk about. Honestly, he, he's someone who he worked in the NHL uh, previous teams. You know, he, he's had a little bit of success. He's had a lot of failures at the same time too, but he he knows hockey. He knows what he's talking about. He did a pretty good job on the air. You know, I enjoyed listening to him, um, but he's going into a great role as a hockey ops, you know, role for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's one hell of a job. It's it's pretty much like above the GM, really, at the end of the day, kind of like it, it's it's a different role, but kind of like falls along for anybody that doesn't know. Um, you know, I think that's a fantastic hire. And, and Ron Hextall, you know, he he had one attempt at a, at a GM job, didn't really do too much with it. I don't think it's a bad hire. Um, you know, it, it could work out for Pittsburgh's favor. He's someone who he certainly knows enough what he's doing. Um, I, I just think it's a bit underwhelming. I, I don't know. I, I thought they would have went somewhere else. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes. Uh, when I first thought of Brian Burke, I thought of all his failures first. Um, so kind of. A little bit uh, curious to see if he can turn that around. Uh, he's, you know, been in the media side for a little bit now, so he's coming back into the management side. Going to see what he can do. And Hextall, like you said, Chase, only one chance with Philly. Uh, got fired in 2018, but prior to that, you know, he did some assistant GM. He was a scout. Um, so I, I'm interested, and I'm, I'm thinking for Penguins fans. There should be some cautious optimism because, I mean, GMJR just really didn't do a great job towards the, you know, the latter, I, I don't know, the last two years or so. He didn't do a great job. So I, I feel like it's going to be tough to do kind of worse, I guess. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting time for Penguins fans. And if for some reason there's any Penguins fans listening to this now, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. I'm sure that the Penguins podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network is talking about it a ton. So if you want some more insight on that, you can go over there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess cautious optimism is where I stand. It's going to be a tough job for them too. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can understate that, Chase, because... Crosby and Malkin, they're coming up towards the end of their careers. I mean, they probably still have, you know, five years or so, but the team overall is kind of in a in a weird spot. You know, kind of first-hand experience with Tampa, what we saw uh, Breezebois do. He, he did a great job maneuvering the cap, figuring out players. You know, it, as I don't want to say as much like it helps the Kudrovs and LTIR because he's such a great player, but, you know, it, it did help, you know, kind of make room for the guys that they needed. 
Uh, it's it's kind of a similar situation in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a team that they're a little pressed for the cap. They've got some aging players. Um, they're they're kind of stuck in between win now and uh, re, a retool. They're not ready for a full rebuild. It's still Crosby and Malkin. So more of a retool where they might need to take a year or two out and then try to get another push or two with them. Um, you know, it, it's 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 going to be a tough task. We, we saw what Breezeball was able to do. We had a couple of little pieces. I think it's going to take more than that in Pittsburgh. So if they can, uh, you know, figure out what they need, if they if ownership lets um Hexall make the moves he needs to make, unlike they let um Jim Rutherford do, then I you know think they could be an okay spot. But if ownership's kind of you know halting things, this team's gonna be stuck in just absolute pur- hockey purgatory. You know, gonna be a borderline playoff team to a non-playoff team without any improvement. Yeah, it's a, it's a situation I keep an eye on for sure. I just felt like Jim Rutherford when you're trying to trade away one of their best players, I. I get why management steps in. I'll just say that. Uh, but Chase, let's move on to Columbus. Uh, there is some trouble there as they have a brand new retirement. And uh, one of the superstars they just traded for is already getting benched. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the that superstar, spoiler alert, um, Patrick Laine. Uh, so let's talk about Michael Quaver first. Less, maybe less of a story, but same time also maybe not less of a story. Uh, Koivu goes to Columbus. He wants to keep playing hockey. All of a sudden, he just kind of retires out of nowhere. No one really saw it coming. Uh, you you got to think that it's got to be something with, with the way the team is going, the coaching staff, how players are being treated. Um, you know, I like torts. You like torts. But maybe, the, you know, it's just it, it, it might be his time to not be an angel coach anymore because a guy like especially like it's a little weird to see Koivu re- reacting this way, but. You know, younger players, like, they aren't really built for that. Uh, there's a generation that isn't built for hard, tough coaching. Um, you know, it's a guy who would run through a wall for you, but you got to do the same for him. And if you don't, he's going to bury you. And I always, like, when I played hockey, that's the kind of coaches I usually played well for because I knew that when I needed them, they would 100% be there for me. So if you're not going to, you know, be like that for Columbus, you're you're not going to get the love. And that's what we saw with Mikko, probably a little bit of Mikko Koivu and then ends up retiring. And then now Patrick Laine, him getting benched. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with Peel Dubois. Superstar players, they don't necessarily play towards his way. And he, if you don't play his way, he doesn't care. He'll sit you. He has guys that he can, feels like he can win with. You know, Jack Rossovic has been a great addition so far. So if Lani doesn't kind of, you know, figure it out, there could be some real issues. You're absolutely right on the fact that Torts is kind of an old school hockey coach. And we're in a new day and age. We're in a new world. We're in a new NHL. And... Some of the younger players coming up, really not able to deal with that necessarily. Um, but I, I do want to state how great of a career Miko Koivu had. Played over a thousand games, seven hundred and eleven points. Uh, he he was a great player for Minnesota for you know all those years, and then he came to Columbus to try to continue playing, and uh, it, it wasn't the right choice apparently because. Uh, he walks away, steps away from the game. We hope he has a great, great uh, opportunity going forward and uh, great success going forward in whatever he does. But yeah, with with Patrick Laine, uh, that's crazy because in the two games leading up to his benching, he had three goals. So uh, now something just breaks and he gets benched in the second and doesn't get played for the rest of the game. Something we saw you know, two weeks ago, but with a different player, same situation, P.L. Dubois gets benched and that led to him getting traded. I, I'm interested to see where this goes. Could this be another possible trade for Patrick Laine? 
Yeah, I don't think Lonnie is getting traded, but at the same time, like he's not going to be in Columbus for very long. I, I had a very, very strong feeling about that going in anyway. He wasn't going to be a long-term player there, and like this is just another step already in, in that process of him not being a long-term player. Uh, you know, maybe if Torts is, um, you know, removed from that position or retires, whatever, whatever happens, if there's a new coach that's more of a player type guy, then you, you know, maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe Lonnie will actually stay there. You know, I, I worked I, when I worked in Saginaw. Uh, Chris Lazary, he was actually a guest on the Hockey Minds podcast, a part of the podcast network. Make sure to check it out. Check out the interview. Uh, but you know, he was someone. He, he was not a big yeller. He was a real like player oriented. Um, you know, like players type of coach. And the team got a lot done underneath him. Players wanted to come play there. So Columbus has been a destination that has never been really a go to destination. If they can find a young up and coming coach that you know players love, that that might be a better move for them. And a guy like Torts might be better off if he still wants to coach in a different type of market. You know? Yeah, I I can see that, and I'm just super interested in what could happen with Line if he doesn't get traded. I mean, he's only got one year. This is his last year of his deal but he's going to be an RFA this year. So you got to think there's going to be something uh, having to do with a trade or, or maybe the expansion draft. If if Seattle were to get Patrick Line through an expansion draft, that might be the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my life. Uh, imagine if there was like some sort of thing where um, they don't want to protect Line A because like he expiring contract, he doesn't express interest in going there. So uh, Columbus or Seattle, they, they start talking. One, one person approaches the other and says, all right, so this is what we'll do. It'll be uh, line A. We'll, we'll give you line A, and then you guys take X player from us, someone uh, not very valuable, but then you also give us this draft pick, whatever it is. So then, um, you know, like Columbus gets a draft pick in, in return for line A, probably not, you know, worth what he should be, but, you know, you at least get some of the form instead of him just, you know, maybe walking or requesting a trade, maybe getting less. I don't know. If something like that were to happen, that would, that would be crazy. Um, I don't think that's very likely, but it, it would it would be quite the story. Chase, stop it. You're getting me excited for the whole offseason. <laughs> I, I, we've got so much more hockey to go. We've got the trade deadline, and I'm already thinking about all the craziest scenarios that could happen. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride. But, Chase, let's now talk about... TSN and Bell. This is where we get a little bit more negative, unfortunately, as a lot of people have been laid off today. And just to kind of show the magnitude of the situation, uh, John Hodge, he tweeted out, just texted a TSN radio employee to say, I was sorry to hear the news. Their response was, what news? So, I, I mean... It's just a bad situation right now. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's missed what's been going on or not. Um, you know, if you're if you're entrenched in hockey media, I'm sure you've seen it. It'd be shocking if you haven't by now, uh, especially when this comes out. But Bell, uh, they own TSN, and they have been just fi- on a firing spree. They've, they've been firing prominent personalities. They've been cutting shows. Uh, and today was just the latest batch of them. They're cutting three TSN-based radio shows in Canada, uh, in Vancouver, Hamilton, and Winnipeg. You know, three of their like three pretty decent networks. Vancouver is one of their largest uh, radio shows. I think it's their second largest radio show based on listeners. And they kind of just got cut out of nowhere. They had no idea today. Um, literally no idea at all. They got, got told and they're like, oh, you got 30 minutes to pack yourself. Get out. Essentially, the broadcast got shut off early. They played good riddance by Green Day, 
like what what kind of bullshit is this like it's 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 fucking pathetic i i'm you know i, I try not swearing too much on this podcast but like fuck it it's it just it's just the fucking truth i know other people on this network are going to be expressing the same you know thoughts i do because we have people on this network that were employed by tsn uh you know and they're they're shit out of luck now it's it's absolute horseshit uh you know you're you're a company that tries to promote this whole bell let's talk uh mental health thing and not like a week and a half two weeks later you're cutting across the board you're firing employees after you just you got a 122 million dollar government subsidy uh so you've got the money but instead you pay off shareholders you fire employees what they're doing is absolute horseshit i'm happy that i'm in the u.s and i don't have to listen to tsn i can listen to other things um it, it's just it's embarrassing i feel so bad for those guys i feel bad for the fans of tsn um hopefully they move to Sportsnet. hopefully anybody that uses bell as their phone provider switches too yeah, and let's talk about the Bell Let's Talk because obviously we've kind of been in this hockey community for a long while and every single year, you know, on that uh, um, Bell Let's Talk day, it was just retweets, tweets with using the hashtag everything because it supported mental health uh, and now they're firing everyone in the middle of a pandemic that's not good for mental health. I can promise you that. And then we see prominent people like Jesse Marshall coming out saying, I'm done with the Bell Let's Talk hashtag. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't blame him. I'm in the same boat, dude. It's garbage. Like, I really wonder what kind of government break that this company gets. Like, you, you know that, you know, companies that, that do this, they usually get some sort of government break. And I understood that. That's fine. Um, I wonder if, like, their charitable donations are, like, fully reimbursed and this whole thing is just a strictly PR stunt where they don't lose any money on. If, if like that's really the case and you know, that's, that's great and all that they're raising that kind of money for mental health, but to be the, to be a company that does this kind of shit to be the face of mental health, it's a joke. And I wish that, you know, another company who actually cares about its employees, would you know, kind of step up to the plate and do something similar. Yeah. And then Tyler Bennett uh, on Twitter said TSN 1040 wasn't just a sports radio station. It was also a place for aspiring sports journalists to learn the ropes and help propel them to jobs elsewhere in the industry. This is a massive blow to sports journalism in Western Canada. Thinking of everyone at 1040 this morning Um, as a senior in college going into sports journalism. It's crazy to see this happen and it's frightening as I mean, I've already seen with COVID, I've already seen friends in the same program get internships canceled and now we're seeing a mass firing and I planned on staying in America. So this isn't going to affect me immediately, but just the thought or uh, affect me um, personally, I guess. Um, But just the thought of a company shutting down multiple stations and completely wiping their Twitter accounts. Even it scares the hell out of me. And chase, like he said, he's going more in the management side, but if something happens where he can get a chance in the media side, he would love to do that as well. It's a scary situation right now. Yeah. It's just, it's horrible. It's, It's a shame. Um, you know, anybody still aspiring to get into sports media I, or sports in general, really, I recommend it. Um, it. It's it's a great industry. It's a tough industry. You got to work your ass off. You got to get the right breaks. You got to be willing you know, to eat some shit. But it, it's a very rewarding industry. 
seeing things like this is very discouraging. Um, you know, I, I'm still someone who keeps my head up and tries to think about the positives of this industry. I hope you do the same, Mike. I hope everybody else on the network, everyone else trying to get into source media does the exact same too. It just really is a shame because like at the end of the day, th- this network was inspired by uh, TSN 1040. Isha and Dylan, you know, they, they love, they grew up listening to the network their whole lives. They're like, you know, maybe one day we could work for them. And, you know, maybe this network takes off, maybe they'll hire them. That, that's something that like they genuinely thought. And now that this network's still going to be alive and that station's gone, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of just a real slap in the face, wake up type call. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, Chase. Try to stay positive. You get knocked down. You get back up again. Uh, we're in this business because we love it. We're in this business because we love sports. Uh, situations happen where things don't go the right way for you. That doesn't mean give up. Keep pushing. Uh, like Chase tweeted out on the Bolts broadcast account, uh, thoughts and hearts go out to everyone who was affected by all the firings that happened today. Uh, but try to stay positive and know that you're doing this because you love it. So keep pushing forward um, and you'll definitely get through it. But we're going to hop off the negative now. Uh, that's going to be really it for the episode. But we did want to do another hockey name of the day. Go to a little bit more positive. Watch Mike just absolutely obliterate a name because I just have a hard time. And this one, we've got uh, Lavio. I'm guessing Lavio is the first name. There's an I and an O after the V. And then Logan, Logan Egger. I don't know. So Lavio, is that that what you said? Yeah, Lavio, Logan Egger. All right. So Lavio, it's Langan Egger. It's, uh, it's like you, you pronounce it like, like a hard A. So, so Lavio Langan Egger, he is a Swiss born forward. So, you, you know, that, that Egger is a common thing in some Swiss names I've known us for whatever reason, don't know exactly what it means, but nonetheless, yeah, he's a Swiss born forward playing a little bit in, uh, you know, in between the Evzog Academy and the actual Evzog pro team. So the Academy is kind of like a school almost, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's like they're, it's, 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 it's like they're like development really essentially for, um, Abzug, which is one of the top Swiss teams. Uh, you know, he's gone up and down, played a little bit, been captain of that, um, of the Academy team, but he's a decent player, nothing too special. Uh, someone who's played a little bit internationally for Switzerland. He'll probably continue to do that as his career grows, but you know, he's 22 years old. Don't expect him in the NHL anytime soon. And we love the alliteration names. I mean, Chase Croshaw, oh, yeah. Mike Mitchelson. So a uh, great name here with Levi. Was it Lavio? Lavio. Lavio, right. So uh, great name, great hockey name of the day. Glad that uh, I still can't get any of these. But, you know, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep pumping them out and we'll see what we can do. But Chase, that's going to be it for the episode. Let's give all our listeners some information about how they can, you know, kind of support us. Yeah, so if you like to become a patron on Patreon, you know, as we always say, we'd really appreciate it. It is definitely not necessary, but just another way to support us. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet, that's at HockeyPodNet. More and more shows are getting added. The Jersey competition is still going on, so, you know, you want to make sure to pay attention to all those things. Uh, and, you know, also check out WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. We're going to be recording a hockey episode uh, for the first time in shit, I don't know how long. It's been a while on WNP, but we'll be doing that today finally. So if you want to check that out, 
make sure to do that. Uh, if you want to go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com, find all the podcasts within the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, if you could rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, and don't you dare forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Absolutely want to thank you guys so much for coming out and listening and make sure to go vote in that poll. Uh, poll will be out as of when this drops. So make sure to go vote in that. Thanks so much for listening again. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah.